This is Distributed Conversations. We talk about the frictionless future using blockchain, connecting us to accelerated progress and richer lives. Here's your host, Warren Whitlock. Hi, this is Warren Whitlock with another interview uh, of things that are going to change the world in drastic ways. Today, we're talking about immigration. Now, there's a big issue you've heard a lot about, but uh, it's more than just the walls and... uh, refugee fights and things like that. All that's important. But today, we want to focus on something that is really making a difference and using blockchain and AI and fixing things for people that are really going to be stuck doing the migration, the people that are moving. So I've got my new friend, and uh, we're working together on on part of this project. It is Murtaza Khan from Migranet. So welcome to the show and glad to have you. Thank you, Warren. It's a pleasure being here. All right, good. So immigration, <laughs> your name's not John Smith, so I guess you know something, and you're in Canada and I'm in the U.S., so you must know something about immigration. I don't. <laughs> so uh, how did this all come about? How did you get into the fixing immigration? And we'll talk about the solution. Sure. Uh, so I come from a family of uh, immigrants myself, and uh, my parents immigrated from the Middle East uh, 35 or so years ago. And then having been an immigrant made it easy to uh, look for this, uh, this industry where I've seen myself immigrate, I've seen my family immigrate, I've seen other friends and family immigrate, and I've seen all the, the pain and suffering that happens and the, how hard it is to get people integrated and everything. And then it was an easy decision for me to pick that up as a profession. So I've been a Canadian immigration consultant for the last 13 years. I've been practicing professionally on every, almost every uh, category there is, from refugees to even students' uh, permits, for example. And uh, to let you know how this whole thing happened was because throughout the years, I've noticed fraud, corruption in this industry. Uh, you're absolutely correct that, you know, on TV, it's a whole different type of migration to talk about. But immigration at hand has a lot of fraud and corruption built into, uh, not built in, but uh, it happens in the, in the background. And how that happens is by having unregistered immigration practitioners charging fifty dollars to $100,000. There's fraudulent you know, employers that pretty much uh, misuse the international workforce systems. You know, there's delays that are caused by unprofessional immigration practitioners. And I mean, my whole thing was that there are applications in Canadian immigration, in U.S. immigration, in most of the countries that have really good immigration systems, those applications are are point-based. So your age, your language ability, your educational background, your work experience, all equal to a certain number. And for these, we have the technology nowadays. When I looked into it and I got our advisor, our CEO on board, and I got our, uh, sorry, when I say the data advisor, I've got the data scientists, blockchain developers, uh, legal, you know, immigration, everyone on a, on, a, on a table in a, in a room. And we realized that we do have the technology to simplify immigration by using technology. To clarify, machine learning is the part that will be doing the calculations. AI will be the one suggesting where a person should go or immigrate to based on their qualifications and also based on the host country's requirement for that for that category, for their uh, industry, for example. And blockchain is used for the security of the document. So, and there's no reason why we should be charging five to $6,000 for that. This should be a $500 fee for this. 
And that's what we're achieving here is by reducing the cost by 90%, making it more uh, simple and cost effective. So the disruption you're working on now is to help the people like if I just live in country A and want to go live in country B and there's not wars or conflicts or government restrictions or whatever, it really doesn't matter. Whatever the system is, there is a right way to do it or a best best practices of how you move to Guatemala. And I'll use Guatemala because here it's in the news that people are leaving, but anywhere, you know, Chile. And boy, I've been to a bunch of countries and had a visa and, you know, a U.S. citizen with a passport. I can go most places without a lot of paperwork. But I feel like even with the little bit I have to do in our TSA, I just kind of feel like there's these government rules that we're constantly not knowing what the right thing to do is. And that's just regular travel where we already have AI and competing places selling tickets and different ways to plan a trip. And we have a whole lot of things in there for just regular travel from one place to place. But when you want to move, you need to know for sure that when you get there, the one that came to mind is the idea of their foreign worker thing where somebody gets a visa, goes and works someplace, and then he is tied into having to be there. They owe somebody when they get there. That's got to be a huge thing, which actually borders on human trafficking. And so anything we do to fix the nice, easy legal stuff then gets into all the other stuff because there's no reason the same technology couldn't be handling people where there's the huge crowds in a, in a refugee camp. I, I totally agree. You know, today's, for the most part, immigration processing is in the hands of immigration lawyers and consultants. And mm-hmm. they're manually processed. I could say that we're about 100 years uh, you know, behind today's world. So many things, like you just mentioned, getting an airfare is yeah. mateable. It's literally, before you have to go to the, it's like going to the, what can I say, a flight, uh, you know, a ticket sales center and uh, a flight center, for example, or something like that, and buying a ticket there. Now, I understand if you need to do that, but ideally, a lot of things are automated and immigration needs to be automated for where automation is available. Now, I'd like to clarify that we need lawyers and consultants because Mm -hmm. there are cases that automation cannot handle, like refugees applications, appeals, child sponsorships, Mm -hmm. uh, spousal, uh, you know, family uh, applications rejections for any matter. These, you need a professional to go handle those things. And those fees are, well, they are what they are, okay? You can't change them because people have worked and and gone through uh, vast years of educations to achieve that designation. But when we talk about a simple calculator, calculating someone's points, you know, there's no reason to be charging $5,000 or $3,000, anything more than a thousand even. And we're gonna do it within $500 as a automated system. Now, there's one more phase two to this, which is we also want to help refugees. How do we want to help refugees? Well, we can't automate that application, but we definitely can help them with their skills assessment. What we notice in our countries, and I say our countries, meaning the refugee hosting countries, let's say, those countries and UNHCR and UN of the world are doing a great job saving their lives. Okay, you cannot deny that. Thank you for that. Mm -hmm. Thank them for that, whatever. But what I'm trying to say is that what happens is that they come here or they come to Canada or U.S. or all these countries, and we don't know them. We don't know what kind of skills do they have, where could they, we could have actually put them in, where they could have thrived from their, uh, you know, based due to their passive, uh, uh, let's say, um, profession. So I'm going to use an a example of a, a carpenter, for example, okay? 
And a carpenter in U.S. cannot even practice carpentry in Canada because there's rules and regulations, a regulated occupation. But let's say we'll talk about a refugee who's a carpenter in their country. Well, they do not need to be uh, working in the carpentry industry right away, but they can be in a construction industry. So what we're planning on doing is working with UNHCR and NGOs within the refugee camps to upload their skills on blockchain, kind of like their resume, kind of find out a little bit more about them, upload it on blockchain, and they would have a private key where they can let the host country know. Therefore, post-selection in their host country, they can be integrated better. Hence, the whole doctors driving cabs or you know Uber will be much mm-hmm. more uh, eliminated doing this. We would know a lot more about them. So we're also helping the refugee side with their skills assessment and integration. But on the, this side, where, where automatable immigration is, a, is available, we're also automating it with those three technologies because you can't do it with one. We're not a blockchain project. We're not an AI project. We're not a machine learning. We're a combination of all three. Yeah. Well, you're, you're definitely attacking the thing that automation works best on, eliminating things. I mean, I know today when I'm handed a form and have to find a pen and fill it out, I'm, what's wrong here? It shouldn't be this way. I should have this on my phone. I should be able to push a button and order a cab. And, uh, you know, my dream for travel is I want to go someplace. I want to push a button to where I want to go, come back, get confirmed that, you know, the price is okay. And then when I get to the other place, I've got clothes in the hotel room. And all the time, somebody, you know, the Uber driver is there to pick me up. I don't need to be a uh, jet setter with my private jet to get through all this. I'm well enough known as a traveler. I shouldn't have to stand in line at TSA and baggage claim. And I'm a nobody as far as travel is concerned. But I just think like, yeah, I don't have to prove who I am to Uber. Why not assign it to everything? And 30, 40 years ago, we were working on automating forms being filled in. And, you know, still, I, I went to a new dentist the other day, six pages of paperwork, and then they have a wall full of files for all their customers. They were cleaning my teeth. Right. The only thing was automated is I picked a Groupon. So, you know, when I got there, they said, Yeah, well, we already collected your Groupon. We didn't even wait for you to show us the barcode. We've already done that. I'm going, Well, great. That's wonderful. And now I have to sit here and do all this paperwork so you can clean my teeth. Um, (laughs) I agree. I agree. And it got so far, that part of it took as long as seeing the dentist. And uh, so we're trying to fix all these things. And this is a place definitely because we got people that lose paperwork and have, you know, are running away from a place or something like that, especially in the refugee crisis. But even if I'm only deciding that I've got a job in Dubai and I'm going to move there and it's all, all taken care of, it's still a big hassle for me to do that. And I arrive in Dubai not knowing whether or not my stuff is going to be there, whether or not the place I rented is going to work, all those kind of things. And, and you're just leading into that technology. Um, this is great. So you are a startup. You have a, is it an MVP or an early release that you've got running now? Yes, we have a, a prototype, which is for the, we have 1300 use cases that were uh, used for this prototype. We have our own algorithm. It's a machine learning algorithm based on the Canadian immigration category called Federal Skilled Worker. Uh, we've reached right. uh, proudly 80% accuracy, according to our data scientists. And the other good news that's coming is, uh, well, that's that's there to show that we have a simple model of this, uh, of what to expect. And the other great news is that, well, we have 
we've been working, we've started to work on our blockchain and it will be ready around the listing date of uh, 26th of June. So our block, okay. our, the, the section that we're going to be handling the blockchain part for MigraNet uh, as an entire project, we will have that ready on the 26th or around that date. So we're, yeah. that, that's and we're, we're recording this a couple of weeks before that. And uh, good chance that when people listen to this, it's uh, past the 26th of June, 2019. And Whatever you have available is talked about and can be seen on the website. Why don't you tell us about how to get to that? And is that migranet.io? Yes, it's uh, migranet.io. Uh, and uh, we have all the information there. Pretty much uh, links to our prototype is there as well as are our publications that we've been on. Uh, we've Good. been all around the world. And also... Another thing that I would like to also mention is that we're also having partnerships. We've started making partnerships with immigration law firms around the world. We have our blockchain development coming in the next couple of weeks. And then uh, we're also going to go for the listing in two major exchanges. So right. great news coming along. Good, good. So investors can find out what they need to know by starting off by going to the website. And, um, you know, I have some of the tokens and I'm not a tokens token or security salesperson in any way. So I'm not telling you to invest in this. I like it myself. And I recommend you pay attention to this company, regardless of whether you're an investor or not. And then if you know anybody needing help with migration, be sure to check this out because while you're not in every country and can't do everything right away, that's the goal. When do you think you'll be able to help any immigrant anywhere? So starting July 15th, we will be able to help immigrants process the traditional methods while we're building our technology and at a 25% uh, discounted rate of all the immigration practitioners. So that's for Canada, EU, Portugal, Brazil, and Costa Rica. We will start the immigration immediately as of July 15th, again, using our traditional methods with partnerships that we have. And as for the uh, technology, we are aiming for 2021 for to have you know 10 to 20 countries covered. Okay, mm-hmm. we're hoping that by September or November we should have our first working prototype for uh, one category for 10 countries, which will be the investors class, and uh, all that news is to come because we're, we've already started developing. Good. Well, yeah. Imagine that uh, immigrating becomes as simple as grabbing an Uber. Um, it could be really nice. I think what you're doing is, is very good work and helps the world. You know, regardless of whether somebody wants migration or not, it's happening. It's in the lives of millions of people and it's going to continue whether or not it's due to, you know, some global warming or political conflict or just people wanting to move around because today we can move around. That's a force that's not going to stop. Today, when I hear of somebody staying in the same place their whole life, which is great, if that's your choice, if you want to live in one rural location or or whatever, that's fine. But when people have the means and it's like uh, the one I heard about recently was somebody was 30 miles outside of a metro area in the United States and they'd never taken the, you know, the half hour ride into the big city and they, you know, are middle aged. And I'm going like, that's almost like a sin to me. Yeah, you need to travel. You need to see what it. You decide you hate the city. You don't want to live there. That's fine. But yeah. you know, spend an afternoon and find out how the other half live. Yeah. And the same goes for any kind of travel. And uh, I, we all have the means now. And I think as the uh, the abundance of the future, I believe in 
uh, that will have technology and whatnot. I know I can take my phone and work anywhere, except for when I want to come here and have a nice microphone for a podcast. I'm pretty much mobile and I have done many a podcast from a telephone. And so, uh, you know, we can go do whatever we want to do. Why shouldn't we be encouraging everybody else to do that? So I come down on uh, politically, I'm much more for migration than just about anybody. At the same time, I'm aware of all the little conflicts are going on and and glad to say we're not talking about that. We're talking about the bulk of it, which is just people wanting to go where they want to go. Yes. yes. Legally. Yeah. Yeah, That's it. Good. Well, I appreciate your time and I think I will be checking back with you. And uh, until next time, uh, this is Warren Whitlock with Murtaza. Am I saying your name right, Murtaza Khan? Murtaza. Okay. Murtaza Khan. A little bit different accent, but I think I'm saying it right. I know how to spell it. That's important. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Thanks a lot. Bye. You have been listening to Distributed Conversations with Warren Whitlock. Please share and like. To subscribe, visit distributedconversations.com.